with topics ranging from how cloud computing is streamlining government operations to exploring the intersection of machine learning and healthcare data. Foley and Larder's Innovative Technology Insights podcast examines not just the legal ramifications of developments at the cutting edge of technology, but how they are affecting businesses, governments, and individuals. In each episode, we will lead discussions between researchers, industry leaders, and regulators for their thoughts on this changing world. So without further ado, let's get started. Thanks so much, Parna, for joining me today to talk about Founder Branding. Just before getting started on introductions briefly, I just wanted to say how excited I am to have you join me on Foley's podcast today, not just because of your expertise in this area, but also because it was so wonderful to reconnect with you at our Women in Venture Capital event last year. So I'm going to turn it over to you briefly just to introduce yourself and tell our listeners a bit about you and what you do. Paige, yes, totally agree. It's an absolute privilege to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about one of my favorite topics. Yeah, how do you build market credibility for founders? So I am the founder of a consulting firm called Brandon Buzz. We primarily work with a lot of technology companies working with the CEOs to either build and or support their business strategy, their expansion plans, as well as help them get ready for their fundraise acquisition and so on. But one thing I do want to point out is that we are not the ones who are having conversation with the investors or the bankers or the funding agencies, but it's all the behind the scenes work that we do to help the founders or the executives get ready for whatever their business goals are or the exit plans are. I also have the privilege of working with a lot of women in tech and women entrepreneurs, helping build their market credibility, as well as spotlight the expertise that they have and showcase that with the world. And I'm so excited to be here today to talk to you. Of course. Thanks so much, Parna. And before we dive in, I'll just introduce myself briefly as well. I'm a corporate attorney here at Foley, and a large portion of my practice focuses on advising founders of startup emerging and later stage companies on general corporate matters, including navigating through rounds of financing and ultimately the sale process. So Parna, your focus really resonates with me, and I'm looking forward to diving into some questions. First, I'll just ask you... So in your written pieces and your speaking engagements, you talk a lot about building a founder's brand. So what does that actually mean in practical terms? Sure. So building a founder's brand is really about building credibility for the individual. It's about showcasing their expertise, their knowledge in a specific field. And when appropriate, also sharing some of their personality with the world, because at the end of the day, It is the humans that you're interacting with. So having that credibility and market visibility for a founder, I feel is extremely important. One thing that I would like to clarify, if I may, is that oftentimes I hear people, at least in my opinion, people confusing personal brand with self-promotion and bragging. What we do and what we recommend as part of our strategy and what we also execute for the founders really has nothing to do with self-promotion. It's really about developing a strategy for the founder, but most importantly, positioning them. 
it's similar to how you would position a company, right? Every founder that we work with has a three-word positioning where we go through a major process. But in short, I would say a founder's brand is key to a startup success. Got it. Thank you. And so when you talk about, you know, founder brands, maybe you can share some examples from, you know, clients you've worked on in the past or success stories of branding founders. Let me kind of step back a little bit and ask a question to your audience. You know, how many people have heard about Richard Branson, for example? And I'm sure a lot of people have heard about Richard Branson, right? But I wonder if they can name the 400 plus companies that is owned and controlled by the Virgin Group, for example, or even Rihanna. Like we all know Rihanna as an entertainer, an awesome musician, but she's also an entrepreneur and, you know, founder of a couple of companies. So my point being, most of the time, we recognize people by their personal brand about who they are and what they've done. And less of it is about how many companies or what product they've built. Now, if we look at just stats alone, as of, I'm sure this number has changed, as of 2020, for example, there were more than 580 million entrepreneurs worldwide and about 30 million of them were in the U.S., And last year, there were more than 5 million business applications were filed. And this year, as of now, there have been, I would say, 1.74 million business applications. So the reason I bring this up is to show that if you are one of those 500 plus entrepreneurs, how do you stand out? And I think that that's kind of one of the reasons why when we work with companies, We often, especially first-time entrepreneurs, we find it to be extremely important that we build out the who they are. And also think about it sometimes, I, I do, and I don't know if a lot of people would or if you agree with me, but I kind of look at it as a political campaign. So if you're looking at a presidential run, for example, you know, the field is crowded. Mm -hmm. And who do you at the end of the day, we are voting for a candidate based on what we know. How visible are they? Are they credible enough that we know that they are going to actually get the job done for what we vote for them? I feel like that is kind of what I think about when we are building out the brand. And if I were to give you an example, so like I said, almost every founder that we worked with or every executive we worked with, they all have a personal positioning to start with. And case in point, one of them, We worked with him for over three and a half years, and he was, uh, we kind of had him as a face of this particular company. And the reason we positioned him as a CX connoisseur, and obviously we go through a whole process here to help position them, and because one of his biggest strengths was how good he is with customers and closing deals, and if there's a problem somewhere with the customer, he knows exactly what to do. And also his personal goal, which is something we look at, is that what happens when he is no longer with this company? So I believe personal brand must be portable. You know, whether you are no longer with the company or you are, uh, your company gets acquired. So mm-hmm. if you're too tightly tied to a company, then you might have to like rebuild your brand again, right? right. 
In his case, we positioned him as the CX connoisseur, so customer engagement connoisseur. And everything around the company positioning was also around customer experience. So given his personal positioning was CX connoisseur, everything that he did, said, wrote, spoke about had to do with CX. So it was CX and digital transformation, CX and entrepreneurship, CX and STEM. So everything revolved around that. So that is also a very important piece because you have to be on message. And if you are positioning a certain way, you need to make sure that you, you kind of stay that way. So to kind of conclude that piece of it is that we worked with him for about three and a half years. Uh, the company got acquired. And one of the signature programs that we created for him, keeping in mind that brands need to be portable, he has a podcast called The Science of CX. So while the company got acquired and he was kind of saying, hey, you know, what am I going to do next? He kept his podcast going. So that's kind of an example of how we do a personal and executive positioning, help build their credibility, something that they can take with them, whether they're starting another company or, you know, try, trying to do a consulting work or what have you. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting because I feel like a lot of times when you think about, you know, you hear the word marketing too, and you think about kind of trying to market a company and a product, especially a lot of, you know, initial, you know, folks who are starting companies are thinking about how do I market my product and the actual entity itself. And you bring up a really good point that oftentimes the focus is missed that it, you know, the, the personal, the individual who is actually running the company needs a brand of their own. That's a very powerful piece of the whole marketing branding effort. So obviously, one of the main goals for many emerging startup companies is to bring in funding from venture capital firms or other high net worth individuals or investors. So can you talk a little bit about how founder branding intersects with the fundraising process? Great question, Paige. Yes, the two absolutely intersects. So investors invest in founders and customers buy from people. So that human angle is right there. Based on my personal experience and also having spoken with several investors, I often say, like, what do you look for? when you are you know looking at a company or you you want to fund a company or invest in a company one of the answers i always get is we look at the the founder and they believe and i don't want to speak for all investors but at least the ones that i know and have spoken with they know that the founder or the founding team is very good at the technology that they're building it, it's innovative definitely have competitive advantage etc cetera, etc cetera. But at the end of the day, they want to know that the founder who will eventually become the CEO of that company most of the time is savvy about running a company, is a savvy entrepreneur, knows how to scale the business. Because when investors are investing in your company, they do want the return on their investment. So according to a couple of them, when I was talking to them about this very topic, they said to me that the technology is pretty cool. You know, we know that it can evolve, but we can hire engineers and AI experts to help grow and evolve that technology. 
Mm-hmm. But we need the founder who has the passion, the vision to be not only focused on the technology, but know how they're going to grow the company. So I would probably say that it's really for investor to invest in your company and the founder. I think founders have to be more than the product they've built, mm-hmm. especially if they're looking for an investment. And, you know, having worked with lots of tech companies and supporting dozens of entrepreneurs, that I feel is a very common thread, at least the the clients that we've supported. So if I just look at the last few years, I've had the privilege of working with five companies that were acquired. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of used that as a foundation of helping build the market credibility for the company through the founders sometimes or the founding team. Yeah. So, I mean, it connects to what we were just talking about. You know, when you're pitching, you know, a VC firm or you're pitching investors, you are really pitching a personal brand. You are pitching the founder's brand. So the focus isn't as much on the technology or the product, which obviously is important, but a huge piece of it is you are pitching yourself as the founder. Yes. You have to show your expertise, not just in building the product, Mm -hmm. but also showing your entrepreneurial skill that you are looking ahead, that with the investment dollars that you are bringing in, how are you going to scale? Where are you going to go? Who's going to be your customers? And how quickly are you going to give me the return on my investment, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's about money. Right. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. So backing up a bit. So we were talking about the kind of at the funding stage when you're pitching to investors, but is it ever too early to start thinking about, you know, putting together a founder brand, even when you might not have a product yet, you're still, you know, in the process of developing your product. Is it ever too early? The short answer is never too early. Yeah. I. Currently, actually, as of last year, we've been working with three companies. One's in stealth mode. The other one has a product that's gone into testing at airports. And one that is still deciding if the product is, they don't have a prototype, in essence. So we have worked with each one of them to build out their product positioning. You know, what the market looks like, their messaging done as of now. While they're building the product and testing the product, we are absolutely heavily focused on building out the CEO's brand and the market credibility. One of them in particular is in robotics, but the person does not have a presence in the robotics industry, for example. So we've been working a lot with this individual to kind of build out her knowledge and spotlight her knowledge. She has the knowledge, but the world doesn't know that. So even though the product will not be ready till for prime time later in the year, we started working with this group as of last year while they were still building out the product. So the whole point and the premise here is that we have to spotlight the people behind the product mm-hmm. and, and show the world that they know what they're doing. So when the product comes out, you know, you already know the human behind the company. Right. So. So you've talked a little bit about, you know, different strategies you've used for branding, but 
when we talk about different stages of the company, you know, do you use different kinds of strategies to develop market credibility for founders versus CEOs and founders of, you know, more established companies? So what we don't have is a cookie cutter strategy that we use for every company. We also don't have a cookie cutter strategy for startups versus large companies, because I believe every company is unique. Mm-hmm. Every team that's running a company, building a product is unique. So it's really important that we understand their business goals. We understand their market. We understand you know, what their competitive advantages are. And then we create a highly customized program for each of the company and the founders. But there are a few similarities uh, when we go about the process. So not only do we have to understand what their business goals are, but we absolutely have to understand what the personal goals are of a founder, of a CEO, of an executive running a large company. Because in, in fact, when every conversation that I have had with individuals I almost always feel like I have to do an NDA because I learned so much about (laughs) half of which I cannot use because it's personal information, it's background information. But what that does is that it allows me to, A, know the person, know their passion, know where their weaknesses are. And then you kind of package all of that and spotlight nothing but their expertise. And when you're building the strategy, you also make sure that now you know what they hate, what they're, where they don't want to go, what they don't want to talk about. So when you are creating this package, you always are able to stay away from those because you know that's not going to be helpful for the individual or for the company. We intimately know the person's character, history, experience, in addition to the business goals. And that is one of the key factors that plays into our positioning strategy for the founders. That is kind of the consistent theme, whether you're a startup founder or you're large company founders. But the difference also is that, as I was saying, brands has to be portable. So if you're looking at the likes of an IBM, the founder isn't there. Now it's, you know, as the company grows, scales, you bring in CEOs or the business leaders who can take your company to the next level. There aren't too many sales force, but the founder is still there. (laughs) Oftentimes, and not always, oftentimes, they're very focused on promoting the product. It's all about the speeds and feeds. It's all about the technology. And yes, they'll do customer stories, but it's around case studies. And it's like very technical, very deep in the weeds. Mm-hmm. So how do you take a 55-year-old company or a 100-plus-year company, do not just the repositioning of the company, but you have to essentially bring everybody along with you while you are building a new strategy in conjunction with uh, all the the stakeholders, obviously. But what we're also doing is humanizing that brand by putting faces or face to the company because people are not buying from logos. You know, logos don't sell. It's the humans that sell. Mm -hmm. So that humanizing the brand is kind of uh, a consistent theme for us because that's one of the key things that we do, whether we're rebranding, getting them ready for fundraise, acquisitions, what have you. And it's a hard process, but I cannot see me doing anything else. (laughs) (laughs) So, Parna, you've obviously given a lot of advice and 
tips for, you know, branding for founders and CEOs, you know, of, of large companies that kind of spans the, the underlying themes flow through. But so if I were an entrepreneur just listening to this, what's one tip you would give to a founder, kind of a practical step that they can take to start working on their personal brand? The one tip that I often give to entrepreneurs and founders is be the face of the company because that humanizes the brand. Mm-hmm. And building your founder's brand is not about you, really. It's really about building market credibility for your company building market credibility for yourself so that the investors are going to invest in you and your company. And also it helps you reach your customers. They need to know who you are. You need uh, market visibility and market credibility. So being the face of the company, I think is extremely important, especially for first-time founders. Well, thank you, Parna. So I don't know if there's if you have anything else that you wanted to share to conclude, but I really appreciate your time today. And this was a great conversation. And I I hope that it was helpful for any kind of entrepreneurs or founders who are listening to kind of hear the importance of building the founder's brand alongside, you know, the product or the technology or whatever it is company is is focused on. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Pete. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks again for having me. Thank you for listening to this production from Foley & Lardner, LLP. This podcast is provided for general informational purposes only and is intended as a general overview. The podcast does not constitute legal advice nor solicitation to provide legal services. It's not meant to convey a legal position of Foley and Lardner LLP on behalf of any client, nor is it intended to convey specific legal advice. Any opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of the firm, its partners, or its clients. And listening to the podcast does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. The listener should not act upon this information without seeking counsel from a licensed attorney. Foley makes no representations or warranties of any kind, expressed or implied, as to the content of the podcast or to its accuracy or completeness, and accepts no responsibility for an individual who acts or refrains from acting based on information obtained from the podcast. In some jurisdictions, the contents of this podcast may be considered attorney advertising. If applicable, please note that prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome.